Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. Well, hi guys. Welcome back. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> moving Mountains, Season 1, Episode 2. Excited to be here. Yes, very excited. Yeah. I personally, after last episode, was feeling really empowered and excited, and um, I just can't wait for today. We have a special guest with us today, um, but before we get to him, I just want to share a little bit about some reflections I had after our last episode. Um, it's been very rainy in Alaska, and we had sun. Sun came out that afternoon, and it was glorious, and I just I took a walk, and the inspiration for this podcast started on a walk. So God inspired me again, which is beautiful. <laughs> so I was walking along Eagle River and just thinking about the name Moving Mountains and the idea of God being able to literally do that. But then I started thinking about the idea of the mountains in our life, which might be something in the way of something better that God has for us. So it's not just the idea that God can move, you know, maybe us from one place to another, but he can move something out of the way that's blocking us from something better. And Berna, I was thinking about your story. You know, you were engaged to this man and he wasn't the one, but if you hadn't obeyed God's call to end that engagement, that mountain would have been in the way of meeting your now spouse, mm-hmm. who is a much better match for you. And so just the beauty of that, like the mm-hmm. idea of the, the name of this podcast. So if you haven't listened to episode one, definitely go back and listen. We talk about the inspiration for the name mm-hmm. and um, we do some introductions. Bernadette, myself, Margaret, and Paige all tell you a little bit about ourselves. So um, so yeah, just the idea that mountains, um, maybe it's a vice, maybe it's a distraction, maybe it's you know something that maybe even isn't bad that's in our way of something better. For example, I had a job before I moved um, up here to Alaska and I felt God calling me to ministry, but this job that I had was a comfort and kind of getting in the way of this better thing. And so I was fired. And honestly, I remember being relieved and then so thankful when this all played out months later that the Lord had actually something better beyond that for me. So he moved that mountain so I could be doing Mm -hmm. something better. That's beautiful. And more fulfilling Mm -hmm. to me. Um, so I think that we're going to move on to, uh, (laughs) father Mike, um, father Michael Shields is with us and kind of my thought is, you know, God is always calling us, but it's our job to respond. So if he's calling and saying, come do this thing, we can ignore that, which I've done, (laughs) or we can have a response. And, um, in our first episode, father Michael Shields say hello. Hello, it's good to be with you. Moving mountains here. <laughs> we shared a little bit about your call to the priesthood. I think Bernadette shared that story and how you weren't even a practicing Christian. And so we'd love to hear more about that. But we're going we're gonna to give you the floor here in a minute. Okay. But we have a very important question to ask. What's that? Before we get started. Mm-hmm. Very important. We're all going to answer this question, but you need to answer it first. Okay, are you ready? Right. 
Does pineapple belong on pizza? No, absolutely not. In <laughs> fact, it's probably, I would not say a mortal sin, but <laughs> people who eat pineapple on pizza probably need to repent. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on the same page with you, Father Mike, I have to say. Mm -hmm. um, same here. I do not like it. I Are you going to get kicked out? Oh, nope. <laughs> I do not need to go to confession for that. Uh, <laughs> but I do remember in a homily one time, Father Michael, that you said that you don't think, um, you wouldn't openly say that people or things belong in hell except for one thing, and that is pineapple on pizza. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did push limit on that one, and I backed off a little bit. That was pretty strong. I think we probably just the doctrine on that one. I think we probably just lost some listeners, but you know. Yeah. I have to say, I'm a youth minister, and I ask the kids this every year, and I'm always outnumbered. And the fact that all four of us are not wow. into it, I is think, kind of amazing. It's, it's, it's a, a good, miracle. It's a good sign of conversion, actually. Yeah. Well, our good friend Maddie Stoffel, shout out, she loves pineapple on yeah. pizza. So we won't have her on here. Yeah. No. Sorry, Maddie. But <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, we'd just love to hear from you, Father Michael. Just That's give right. Give yourself an introduction so that our listeners can know more about who you are and what brought you here today. Well, you know, I'm a diocesan priest. So I just celebrated June 2nd, my 43rd year as a priest. And uh, born and raised in Alaska, actually the first priest for this archdiocese that was born in Alaska. Oh. And a... Uh, uh, Probably, let's see, almost over half of my priesthood, I've been in a mission, a mission to Magadan in Russia. Many of my experiences where God has really moved mountains in my life uh, were, was that. First, to move me to Russia was a huge mountain because I didn't want to go. And, um, and he changed my heart very deeply on a retreat that said, uh, go and pray in the camps. And so wow. that meant to go back and give my life there as in a mission. And... Um, yeah, my the priesthood has been an incredible gift and probably one of the greatest, you know, if you miracles, we talk about miracles day today, that's one of the greatest gifts, how the Lord chose me. Mm -hmm. I had uh, trouble was my middle name growing up and uh, he's been giving me over and over this priesthood that has changed my heart and others. It's, it's, it's been great. So now I'm here in Palmer for the last five years and I'll be going hopefully back to Russia in December. Yep. Wow. We're so well, we don't want to lose you. you. Yeah. Yeah. We're so happy to have you here. Yes. We don't want to lose you to Russia, but we also know yeah. that you're Well, hurt. you guys can all come missionaries in, in Russia. Russia. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so obviously we're called Moving Mountains. And one of the main things we want to talk about on this podcast is how we've had people's encounters with the Lord, miracles, defined miracles by the Catholic Church, or I don't even know if that's the right exact term. Yeah. But I think we want to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. So... Um, what is a miracle, Father? Well, you know, I, and I want to talk about that because it's really important, actually, these days, because we're so materialistic and secularistic. Mm -hmm. We've lost not only who God is, but we lost the, the possibility of God working in our life, and that's, that's a terrible tragedy. I think it was Albert Einstein, it's, we don't know for sure, he said this, listen to this, uh, two ways to live your life. One is there's nothing is a miracle. The other is every day is a miracle. And uh, I think in my, my sense is um, that's how I live, that God is going to be acting in my life every day. And I just have to wait and see uh, through people or circumstances. The, cat, there's, the miracle is used in many ways. First, it could be secular, you know. I passed this test. It's a miracle. Mm. I didn't study, mm. you know. 
or the Catholic Church. The definition of the Catechism of the Catholic Church is a miracle is a sign of wonder, such as healing or control of nature, which can only be attributed to divine power. So those are the two distinctions. But I would like to, before going into the Catholic Church, I'd like to say, and I say this to my kids also, every life is a walking miracle. Mm -hmm. You didn't ask to be born. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely a gift. You are a gift to us from God. And, and you just look at it, you know, miracle itself, the word miracle means wonderment. Mm-hmm. So you have a wonder-filled life is a miracle mm-hmm. life. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's Latin. Uh, it's a miraculum. It's a miraculous. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. So just look at, just, I, I, you know, I was thinking the other day, uh, congregation, look at the congregation, you know, and sure. everybody's different. Mm. But everybody is different. Mm-hmm. There's not been one person in 7 billion people today and ever been and ever will be alike. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of that. Fingerprints are different. Eye prints are different. Now they've discovered tongue prints are different. <laughs> really? So, you know, you go to the airport and sit up for your fingerprints and put your tongue. That may not work for the COVID thing. Yeah. But, you know, I, can you believe that? Tongue prints are different. Wow. And, and you, you know, I was thinking, I, I've, I've been ministering to a guy who's very close to death. He had a bad heart. Mm. And I was talking to him, he says, we probably don't think about our heart much. But, it, you know, if you live to 80, it beats over, let's see, 2.5 billion times wow. your heart. You breathe over six, by the end of life, 600 million times. This is a this is a mind blower. I looked at yeah. this the other day. If you take all the vessels in your body and all the veins in your body and stretch them out, you know how much it stretched out to? Six sixty thousand miles. Wow. <laughs> Two and a half times the United around the world. You one person. That That's is incredible. Now here's something, ladies. <laughs> Tell us. Every three weeks you lose your body. Your skin falls off. <laughs> so you have 1,000 bodies by the time you die. Oh my gosh. Wow. Now think of this. Mm-hmm. That, that's a miracle. Your mm-hmm. mind, your brain is 73% water. And it's, it, take, it took 800,000 computer processors to do one second of cognitive work that your brain does in one second. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's miraculous. So, so what are we saying a miracle? Right. We're saying we look at ourselves first. Huh? God created this. Mm. And if you can appreciate yourself as a miracle from God, then you're going to be looking around at a lot of different people mm-hmm. and seeing miracles much mm-hmm. easier. Definitely. So I think that's where I would start before even talking about the Catholic presentation of miracles. Sure. It's an event. It's an occasion where something makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. It gives you awe. It's walking, like you said, on the Eagle River. I've been, the sunsets here in Palmer are amazing. I, I, um, I had some birds feeding out here on my feeder. <laughs> and I just, for an hour, I watched them. Wow. It's, a, it's it, and how, how, how they do that. And then you remember the scriptures that not one sparrow mm-hmm. falls to the ground that our Heavenly Father does not see mm-hmm. every hair on your head is counted that is true if that's true 
then miracles are much more available to us than we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Starting again, as I said to my kids, you are a walking miracle. Mm -hmm. That's how yeah. I start. Yeah, I so once beautiful. heard someone say that like we couldn't be breathing if God wasn't thinking of us. So mm -hmm. with every breath we take, we know that that is God, like literally like thinking us into mm -hmm. existence and like mm -hmm. loving us into existence. If, if we wouldn't, uh, if God would stop loving us, mm -hmm. we'd disappear yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because his love sustains us. Yeah. And, um, and again, that's what's so amazing. Well, we have such a gift to give to people if we recognize the awesomeness, the wonderful, the wonder-filled life. So beautiful. Yeah. And oftentimes we get pessimistic and we get so so uh, depressed with the situations mm -hmm. of the world today, we don't recognize it. You know, it happens in the middle of a prison camp. I, I remember this one woman in Magadan, she, uh, she said what gave her the greatest joy. Now she was in prison camp for 10 years oh for her faith. And she would look out of her, her prison window and there would be a dandelion growing in the middle of the mud of her prison camp, and she was, it was like an orchid. It was like wow. the most beautiful bouquet you could ever see. Wow. Something yellow and alive. Mm -hmm. You see, it just begins, you, your eyes and your heart have to be open to it. It's mm -hmm. so simple. It's like, I think one of the things that God has done with me in my move to Alaska is just what you're saying, like the beauty of a dandelion. You think, oh, that's a weed. But it's beautiful. It's yellow. It's it's got this color. It's got yeah. this life. And you said that word life. Yeah. You know, it's it's appreciating. I have a new appreciation for birds. You were talking about birds yeah. at the feeder. Like we don't hear birds all year here. No. We might hear magpies, but they don't have the prettiest chirp or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, the beauty of just watching a bird feed or just mm -hmm. sit in a tree and and it's funny. I, I was missing that this, you know, kind of towards the end of winter. When are the birds going to be back? So I started listening to birds on Spotify. I'm serious. You have a bird <laughs> so playlist for three yeah. hours, and I, this is so pleasant. That's I so feel like fun. I'm in a tropical, you know, the tropical woods or whatever. Yeah. But it's really, yeah, appreciating the smallest, simple things, and that's mm -hmm. a big part of what this podcast is. Mm -hmm. Is you know, we have little mini miracles every day. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's this big, profound thing. It can be as simple as watching a bird. Yeah. Or sleeping yeah. in later and whatever. I, I think he did a really beautiful job explaining to us what the difference is between saying you know you know this was a miracle in a flippant way versus the actual perspective of when you're looking at life through this lens of this is you know truly a miracle of existence yeah. that we're you know waking up to each day and so we we're just curious to hear more about the difference between those everyday experiences that we live and breathe day in, day out versus the miracles verified by the church. So could you explain to us a bit? Sure, and what I that think that's a really is? beautiful distinction because what you have then is an official proclamation of miracle. So the de definition again is manifest divine intervention in human affairs, healing ministries. Something can't be described, can't, can't be dismissed. It's, it's something that is um, something that's profoundly understood to be contrary even to nature in a sense, you know, or uh, just an event like uh, an awesome event. So the miracle, the miracles of the church are, are very clear and uh, they actually are used oftentimes to define saints because we say uh, a saint is a person who is holy, who is in heaven. So to declare a person in heaven, we as the church believes that through their intercession that we can uh, we can find uh, 
our own path of holiness by intercession. It's interesting because we say, you know, I just with a, a, a friend of mine who is saying, now you Catholics pray to the saints. I said, well, you know, Protestantism, prayer is worship. But I want you to think of it this way. Prayer, pray is in the old English word. Pray tell me. Mm. Pray tell me. If you're asking somebody, pray tell me. You're, so you're mm. praying to the saints, you're asking them. Mm to intercede for you. So just a side note because mm -hmm. it's confusing sometimes. But okay. so when when a, an ex, uh, uh, miracles in the church are declared, uh, investigated strongly, uh, uh, so uh, somebody is to be a, uh, to be a saint that there's a process. Uh, somebody is uh, brought up to the bishop of a diocese and, and a postulator is, is a person who dis, who, who is his advocate or her advocate, and they interview people around them. It could be five years, it could be three years, it could be two centuries. And, um, and then they're declared, declared servant of God, and that's the first step. And that means that you're, you're on your way. I mean, you, you have, your life has been declared virtuous. Mm -hmm. And then the next is heroic, heroic life, heroic virtuous life, venerable. And the venerable is already on the way to the next life is blessed or beatified. And once you to be beatified, that's when miracles have to happen. Uh -huh. okay. The church declares at that time, people are interceding for them. That saint, the miracle to show that he's in, he or she in heaven is able to, to intercede for a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can be one or two miracles. I think it's two miracles for beatification as well as for for then canonization. And you know, you, you like John Paul I, who was uh, Pope John Paul II, there's <laughs> only 34 <laughs> days, 34 days in papacy, and he was declared a saint. Wow. Yeah. And the reason is because two people prayed. Uh, I think there was a brain tumor was one, and, um, and then I think uh, there was I th there was a little girl in Buenos Aires had some kind of disease, a, a, a death. She was sure. close to death. Sure. So they prayed to John Paul II. They were healed. That was part of the process, and then he became bad. Can you actually explain? So you know, when someone comes and says, uh, "I I had this fourth stage four cancer, had this brain tumor. Um, I was going to die. There was no cure." And I prayed to this person and, uh, you know, I went back and there's no sign that I was ever yeah. sick. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. What's the actual process that the church goes well, through? Well, they like? have to medicate, medically, it has to be a, a serious life-threatening medical condition that can't be just explained away. There could be consequential reality, but I, I know one saint, for instance, or one person on the prayers, that there was medication as well as prayer and they dismissed it because they felt the medication could have mm -hmm. done something. Mm. So it's pretty serious mm -hmm. because not only is there a postulator, there's also what's called a devil's advocate. <laughs> and the devil's advocate goes against that and, and looks for the vices and looks for how this could be a, a, false, a false reality. So the, the thing is that, so it's a, it's a sudden healing. It's a, a, a recognition uh, of uh, desperation. And so uh, science can't explain it. A doctor can't explain it. Mm -hmm. And so there are medical people involved, obviously. 
a good ex a good example of that is Lourdes. If you know Lourdes mm -hmm. is, is uh, named after Saint Bernadette of Lourdes. Saint Bernadette of Lourdes, <laughs> and she in in the, in the middle of the 1800s, a little shepherd girl saw Our Lady 18 times. The spring came up, people started being healed. It became a place. It's it is the Catholic healing uh, ministry. Four to six million people visit this place seeking healing mm. every year. Four to six million. Now, do everybody receive healing? I've been there twice. Mm -hmm. Everybody doesn't receive healing that they expect. Most people come away refreshed in their soul. Mm. Most people come away healed in their memories or their hurts. Mm -hmm. Most people have a spiritual experience. Most mm -hmm. people. But there are people who are physically healed, and, and they keep very strict records there. There's thousands of people that are healed for that very reason that they have medical teams. There is a um, commission, it's called the Miracle Commission in the Vatican. They, they, that's what they do. They yeah. just look at miracles oh and look gosh. at miracles for the mm -hmm. saints. And so it's quite serious. And so it's not easily... Uh, yeah. it's, it's not uh, an easy process at all. It's a mm -hmm. serious process that we don't want to proclaim somebody that's holy, that's not holy. And yeah. some, some processes are stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people are on their way serving the God and they found something and they stopped the process. Mm -hmm. So, and the church does use external resources, correct? You know, it's not it's not all done within the church. No, 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 no. They, they the can use doctors that are that are yeah. not believers. They mm -hmm. can use uh, investigators that have no certainly don't have any connection to to the people that are declared. Who would have no reason to no. want to make this into a miracle? No, no. So in fact, mm -hmm. that's where the devil's advocate comes mm -hmm. in. Right. They really push to on the other side. So, the. Um, the miracles that are that are proclaimed in the church are, are uh, proclaimed serious because what we're saying is, see, the church never says who's in hell. We mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we can say who's in heaven. Mm -hmm. Now, isn't that amazing? That's I can really say cool. to you, mm -hmm. the church has publicly proclaimed men and women holy enough that we can approach them for intercession. They're in heaven waiting for us. Mm -hmm. Now that's exciting. Yeah. That's the cloud of witnesses in Hebrews that says there, there's a cloud of witnesses around us proclaiming and encouraging us on the way. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus who is the, the perfecter of our faith. But the cloud of witnesses are the saints. Yeah. So I think it's really important to realize that they're more alive than we are. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, so they got a better that. perspective. So it's, pretty good. it's a pretty good yeah. idea to connect with them because mm -hmm. they have perspective so much greater in heaven than we do here on earth. So that's why it's so important of the church to be real clear that these are saints, that yeah. these are mm -hmm. men and women, holy men and women. Yeah. So. Well, I also think it's really amazing to have these saints to look up to because, you know, like as athletes, everyone, you know, you're looking up like Olympic athletes, like a, maybe a young girl who's a gymnast is like, I want to be like Simone Biles who's when I'm older. Who's the ultimate example. Yeah. Um, but for us as Christians and as Catholics, it's like, man, like St. Catherine of Siena, like I want to be like St. Catherine of Siena. I don't want to be her, you know, mm -hmm. but like I want to live a holy, virtuous life like her. And so I think that's also another really amazing reason to, that we have these saints. But I also have this question for you. What's that? As Christians, are we required to believe in these stories? Maybe it's the, like the stories that we're hearing on this podcast or especially the church verified ones. Are, are we required to believe well, in them? Well, first of all, it, it's an interesting question. Should 
Christians believe in miracles. Well, if you don't, you can't be a Christian. Because, <laughs> because the first miracle is the incarnation. God becoming man. And that's pretty miraculous. Yeah. You know, so what, based on that, uh, anything else is pretty soft cake. You know, so if you can't believe that, that the second person of the Blessed Trinity came to earth to live us as humans to share in our reality except for sin so that we can be redeemed and brought back to heaven full in grace that second miracle then is the incarnation the second miracle is resurrection yeah. the the proclamation of the early church was not go and love everybody it was he's risen hallelujah mm. so that's a miracle so i'm you when somebody says should we believe in miracles well okay let me go to catholics Every time we celebrate the Mass, mm -hmm. when the priest in the Persona Christi prays over bread and wine, those elements, those accidents remain, but the substance changes in the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. You have witnessed a miracle. Mm -hmm. Every time we celebrate the Mass, we have a miracle. Mm -hmm. So. Should I believe that he walked on the water? Probably. <laughs> should, should I believe in the saints or Eucharistic ministers? I say, no, why not? Mm -hmm. If it's manifesting God's glory, I want to believe it. Mm -hmm. Now, are there fake miracles? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and those are sorted out mm -hmm. by the church. And, and places, for instance, the church does not immediately affirm apparitions, immediately affirm right. private revelations. Somebody says to me, actually in Russia, it's so funny because about every grandma has seen our blessed mother at least once. I mean, they are so, they are, there's just no filter between the supernatural and the natural. They, they, you know, they talk to Mary all the time and she says, well, I saw Mary again. Like, okay, good, Agnes. Very good. Yeah. You know, so, but private revelations or private apparitions, you do not have to, you do not sure. have to sure. believe. Mm -hmm. So those are any, and there are some pretty profound ones. Medjugorje is one. The church mm -hmm. has not pro proclaimed it an official place yet mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. answers those questions. So there are all kinds of things that all kinds of people getting those kind of private revelations. You got to be careful because some of them are, are not clear and mm -hmm. some of them are more, are, are more, um, uh, occult, uh, occultish oh, yes. almost. Yes. I've seen people kind of lose the mainline faith mm. to follow this person down the rabbit hole, which they, mm, they, yeah. they lose their faith eventually. Yeah, that's a really so good point. That, I think very clear. I go with the church ordained and blessed miracles, yeah. church ordained and blessed apparitions. There are church apparitions, there are Marian apparitions that are blessed by the church. Those mm -hmm. you have to believe in the sense Immaculate Conception is revealed. So you have to believe that. So mm -hmm. that, that's, uh, that's what I would say, you know, that there, yeah. there are, there's a distinction, but I come, the bottom line is we live a Christianity right. mm -hmm. is a miracle. Yeah. Well, and I also like the flip side of that, like in my personal experience of faith, and I think this might help other people too, <laughs> let's say you are Christian um, or Catholic and you struggle with believing those truths of our faith. Like, you know, is the Eucharist actually the true body mm. and blood of Christ? Um, did Jesus actually walk on water? Is that just like an allegory, you know, right. type story? Um, I find it really helpful to actually have these miracles that the church goes so far um, and so much into depth to make sure that we're proving there's no 
uh, explanation for this other than supernatural. Yeah. You know, like we we all know someone um, who's probably going to be on this podcast who was healed of very severe cancer, and um, and then was completely, it, you know, this disease was completely healed. And those stories actually help me just in this present moment when I know that miracles like that are happening that have no explanation and only occurred through prayer. That actually helps me to believe. Okay, two thousand years ago. Yeah. Jesus actually was on this earth and um, yeah like just these miracle stories I'm hoping will be a part of the inspiration that helps people to be to be able to believe the truth that of our faith that may be harder to grasp um, yeah. in this day and age um, and so that also leads me to another question I just want to know for our listeners what are some ways um, or some advice for how to strengthen our faith as we listen to people tell these stories? Um, and yeah, just ways to be open to encountering the Lord in our lives and being mm-hmm. open to the idea of, you know, life is a miracle in every experience. So. Yeah, I, I, that's a really good question. And I often preach about it, that the first and, and primary reality that you should do, the primary spiritual position you should take is a position of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Why, why is the central sacrament of our church, Eucharist, which is Thanksgiving. Because it's a central truth of our spiritual life. If you can't wake up in the morning and live a life that somehow, and I'm talking, you know, I was just visiting a man, I just anointed him today, he's dying. And he is so thankful. Mm -hmm. Mainly because his faith has given him the position to stand before death without fear. Amen. So, First of all, to have a position of thanksgiving doesn't mean you don't suffer. Doesn't mean you can't, right. uh, you can't, like a psalmist, go to God. Why? It just means that's the position and posture that you have. It places you before God, and then um, stop saying, "I don't know what to do." God does. Mm-hmm. You see, I think we have to believe God in, it has control of our life. We have to have that sense of trust that he has a purpose and a place and a time. Um, when I, uh, I was in Russia and then I was removed for five years because of documented, document problems, and I, I, I couldn't believe God would do this to me because mm. I love my, my mission there. And for four months I just prayed because my heart was so broken. I just, mm. okay, God, what are you doing? I, I would put the Blessed Sacrament in front of me for an hour and just say, what are you doing? This is not fair. What are you doing? Put the Blessed Sacrament down, go ride my bike, come out, put the Blessed Sacrament. (laughs) Okay, God, here we are again. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Tell me. Four months, I didn't get an answer. All I got was, trust me. (laughs) Well, that was the answer. That was the answer answer you wanted. It wasn't the answer I wanted. (laughs) Yeah, so that's... That, you know, don't say I, I don't. Just quit complaining and start trusting. Mm-hmm. So and then, beautiful. and then, uh, step that. out of your routine. This is really strange. We all get in strange routines. We get bored with life because we're always doing the same thing. Take a child on a walk. Mm-hmm. You will amaze. You'll be amazed what miracles mm-hmm. you find. Mm-hmm. They we know will that find. With our little they boys. will be little little boys. <laughs> they will, little. Boys and little girls find miracles on sidewalks. They find miracles everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you take a child to walk in the woods, your eyes and heart will be opened. So step out of your routine, get a child's heart. That yeah. sense of wonder. We were camping Absolutely. and mm-hmm. Brenda's little boy, just a stick. Yeah. They were, he was so excited about a stick. And there's something so beautiful and simple. 
I was at a, I was at a uh, Christmas uh, gathering with a family, a lot of little kids, and they just were so excited because it was the first Christmas for some of them. Totally. And they bought all kinds of things, and, and the kids ended up playing with the boxes mm -hmm. and, the, and the wrap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was what was most exciting to them. The clothes, everything else. Everything was a shiny toy. No, I yeah, wasn't the, no. So it was, it, again, so I think that's one. I'm, and I'm, I'm serious. Jesus said, if you don't have a heart of a child, you can't be in my mm -hmm. kingdom. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you can't see what God is doing. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a heart of a child, you can be bitter and angry and mm -hmm. adult faith is a childlike faith. Amen. That's an adult faith. So, and then, and then this is something I really, really, really uh, push on, especially with my teens, is say, help others have miracles. Mm. Don't just look for yourself. Yeah. You pray for others. You pray for others to have miracles. You pray for others' lives to change. You pray so that other people have an experience of God. Mm because there are a lot of people who are lonely, a lot of people who are just, just really despairing, mm. and, and they could be your friends. So the one way in which you find miracles is to pray for miracles for others, not just for yourself. That's beautiful. really beautiful. Like, you know, if you're doubting for yourself, then start praying for other people and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. and it does happen. I know because one of the best things I've, I've, I've counseled people who are in depression, and my goodness, this this age of, of, of communication is the most lonely age that anybody has been in. Oh, absolutely. It is a disease of loneliness, and mm -hmm. people get depressed. And I say, okay, the way out of depression is to do something for somebody else. Amen. Mm -hmm. Get out of yourself. Service. Mm -hmm. And that's, that'll change your depression. I've heard that. And so, so those are the things I would say, the miracles that I've experienced, those are the contexts, that's the context I would leave, I would uh, say. And then I would always say, when we pray to God, don't pray to get something from God. Mm -hmm. Pray to get God. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> Pray Hashtag to get pray to get God. <laughs> you understand? It's because that's we pray. We're copywriting that. Yeah. yeah, we pray. We can get something from God, and we think that's what. But no, no, that those things come and go. Even the miracles come and go. See, Jesus performed. He raised Lazarus from dead, but Lazarus died again. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he prayed uh, for people to have blind, blind uh, people to be healed from their blindness. Uh, they still died. Mm -hmm. So it's a temporary thing. So the greater healing, of course, is the soul of a, of a right. person. But when we pray, to pray to get God is that this, it, it fills us in so much. And then we don't have to have the expectation because people who pray for miracles sometimes become very, very angry with God. They yeah. didn't get what I wanted. And, yeah. and then they turn away from God. I've had people leave the church because they prayed for a loved one who was not healed from cancer. Mm -hmm. And they've left the church. They were angry at God. Mm -hmm. And I said, you didn't pray well. Mm. You prayed for yourself, not for them, mm -hmm. because you should have prayed for God to be with them. I think that's a place a lot of people get stuck. I'm praying for this thing, and this thing is good. Yes. I'm not getting it, therefore God doesn't love me. Yeah, exactly. And that goes back to what you said about we cannot see. We don't have the eyes of God. We don't have his perspective where he knows this is a good thing, but what you don't see is that's a mountain in the way of what I have in store for you. And mm -hmm. so... But yeah, that's just like really beautiful, the reflection that you had, because it, you know, as Father Michael said, if we pray to get God, then we're really just praying for the best, in the best interest of ourselves and everyone around us. And you're we're, always gaining from that. Like mm -hmm. God will give. 
We're well, praying what God wants for us. Right. We can still ask, but we're praying right. eventually what God wants for us. And that, that then is what we really do want. Mm-hmm. We may not see it. We may not understand right. it, but that's really what we want. We Lord, want what I, God wants for I us. I want this thing. I would love to be married. That's me being vulnerable. Like I would love that, but, and it hasn't happened for me yet. But I would much rather be where I am than with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to change my prayer. It's like, you know, you can get bitter in prayer. You can, you can start to get frustrated. You've been praying for something for five, 10, 20 years, but God knows best. And I just do trust that. And that there's so much peace in that, you know, I'm so thankful. I'm so, I'm very thankful for my journey. You know, do I have bad days? A hundred (laughs) percent, but it's beautiful because the Lord wants, yeah. Has anyone ever seen that image of there's a little boy with a, with a, really tiny teddy yeah. bear and Jesus is standing there and he's got this huge bear hiding yep, behind his yeah. back and you know but the kid can't see it yeah and then mm-hmm. Jesus has said give it to me and he's like but yeah. I don't know it's like that mm-hmm. he's gonna get this beautiful thing as a result yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um so father I know I've heard tremendous stories from you and I think picking one is probably difficult but do you have one that's like maybe the most powerful story or something that you want to share with us today where you've experienced? I, I just want to say, first of all, you know, the, the miracle of my life is self, it's very, I'm a priest, i got to say this, it's the salvation of my soul. Uh, that is the miracle of my life. I don't, I don't then nothing compares to that. Sure. He has saved me physically and spiritually mm-hmm. so many times. He has raised me out of, out of darkness and he's given me hope where I was hopeless. He has healed areas of my life that were broken. He has continued to guide me in, in ways uh, that, that give me life. So salvation for me, there, every, every other miracle will be wrapped around that. And uh, ultimately, you see, uh, and, and we talk about miracles, ultimately the miracle, of course, is a miracle of eternal life. And again, living in a materialistic, secular world, where we can't think beyond the next latte, we we don't As realize. I'm drinking a latte. Yeah. Yeah. So I just noticed the girls brought Picking in the latte. So it's just, it's a little bit of confession here. I think we want to hear. But but the reality is is that then this life is all you have. You're going to be grasping. You're going to be holding. You're going to be envious. You're going to be angry. You're going to be disturbed. You're going to be you're you're going to be trying to make everything here into something that's too big for here. Right. Eternal life is too big for this life. Mm. It, it propels you into the next. That was this one story, and I'll tell you, this is not my story, but another story. <laughs> uh, he was a, a young man who was, uh, I think the age of 11, tripped downstairs and broke his spine and I think actually he was younger than that. I think he was five. Oh and that he had been in the hospital. He was 17 years old. He had been in the hospital for 13 years, on and off with operations. Oh, wow. And um, this bishop, it was, a, it was in a conference. I was in an Alpha Conference in London. He was talking, and, and he was known for his faith, this young man. Mm-hmm. He was in a wheelchair or just really quite dis, uh, disordered. Uh, dis, um, his body was distorted. And the bishop was saying to him, and I can't remember his name, he says, you know, what, what is your life? You've been in the hospital, you've had like num- hundreds of operations. He says, well, God's fair, he said. And the bishop says, what? Hmm. He says, God's fair. How is it God's fair? Look at your life. He says, well, bishop, 
he has an eternity make it up to me. Oh, <laughs> wow. Do we have that kind of perspective? Wow. Do we have a sense that God, justice will happen for everybody who has been experienced mm -hmm. injustice in their life. God will take that justice and make it right, injustice and make it real. Every sin, everything will be answered for. And life is too big for this life. Mm -hmm. It's too big. God calls us to something so much greater. Mm -hmm. So the leeway into that or the movement into that, <laughs> the priesthood is the second the greatest miracle in my life. And let me tell you a story how I, when I was in discernment and priesthood, I had, uh, I had uh, received a, uh, my master's in theology and I left the seminary. I had to kind of figure out what to do. And um, kind, of in, kind of in a bitter time in the 70s, the church was very confused and a lot of things happening that were just very, very hypocritical and unlike today. And so, uh, so I, my heart became pretty dark and pretty angry and, and pretty, pretty judgmental. And so I'm moving along in my discernment. I, I said, uh, priesthood is not for me. It's, you know, it's too hypocritical. So I'm, I, I actually didn't know what to do. So I hitchhiked literally on the ferry system, uh, hitchhiked uh, coming up the inside passage and ended up in yeah. Sitka. And um, and I borrow. I always would use this, the phrase I was a seminarian, although I really wasn't. But it, it would give me a place to stay at night, at least. So I said, I was, and this, uh, nuns had this convent right outside the the, the church there, and uh, they gave me a place to sleep in the laundry room, which was fine. And three o'clock in the morning, uh, I heard this call: "Go pray, go pray." And I couldn't ignore it, so I got up and church is open and the blessed sacrament tabernacles in the middle of the the church with a light on it so I'm down on my knees and I was said that's it and I named every hypocrisy that I knew the church had done every bishop every priest every friend every enemy I was just going through all of the levels that I thought the church had fallen and failed me and at the end I was just fired up <laughs> And then I heard, and you? Mm. <laughs> Have you ever wept over your sins? Oh, man. I, for two hours, went deep into my heart. Mm. Every dark place that I had not seen for a long time. Wow. Mm. Every sin, every person that I betrayed, every, everything that I had done in my hypocrisy. So. You can imagine now that's about three or four hours there and I'm drained but I said that's it God you tell me right now priesthood or not I am my heart's empty I wept over my sins you tell me I heard a noise behind me I got oh, it's an angel <laughs> so I turn around and there is this little Indian woman in the back of the church She'd been there all the time I said you're my angel so I invited her into a breakfast, uh, fixed breakfast in the nun's kitchen, which I probably shouldn't have done. I didn't have permission. <laughs> fixed her breakfast. But you know what happened? This little Indian lady didn't speak anything but scripture quotes that answered all of my oh questions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? So I was cooking her breakfast and she was saying, Corinthians 2.13. Galatians 1.5, what? Everything that I had come out of my heart, she gave me scriptures wow. to answer. 
That is now, crazy. <laughs> do, do, do you think at that time I kind of was convinced that priesthood was for me? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, well, come to find out, I told the nuns the next day I met an angel. It was Agnes. And Agnes was a local alcoholic that would oftentimes be in the back of the church. Wow. And... Um, to complete the story, some years later, I was in the bookstore across from Holy Family Cathedral. It was when the daughters of Paul, the daughters of Saint Paul, were there, and she was there, and she had sobered up, and she had taken control of her life, and oh, she had wow. changed. Wow. So it was kind of a completion. But <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, so that crazy. that moment, I th I think when we're honest with God, I mean, I held nothing back, mm -hmm. both from the critique and from the sin. Mm -hmm. And at that moment is, is when God can intercede. We, we can oftentimes fool ourselves with holy words as if God needs our holy words. No, He needs your heart. He wants your, yeah. He needs your heart honest and true mm -hmm. and open. Mm -hmm. Then He will speak. Mm -hmm. And it may not be an angel, it may be an angel, I don't know. <laughs> but He'll speak. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yep. Yes, I think about that need for. You know, in order, I've heard things, you know, in order for the Lord to work and heal, he, we have to forgive first, or we have to let go of these things that are maybe blocking him. So that's yes. just what I was thinking of when you were sharing yeah. is this emptying of yourself. And then, like you said, like, here's my heart. It's empty. Fill it up with you. Ultimately, that's, that's what we bold, all want. There's a boldness when you come to, I, I, I say to people, if you've never wept over your sins, I don't know how clear your heart is. Mm -hmm. You really have to come to a place where you see your hypocrisy yeah. mm -hmm. and it's not I don't say that I mean I, I, I probably should weep every day when I get up in the morning but <laughs> there are moments when we really have to make decisions and there's difficulties in our life that we have to come to grab, grab grips with and we're saying God help me well why, why don't you open your heart to the place where he can't help you mm -hmm. that deepest place we're very quick to blame others right yeah, we're exactly. very quick to point our fingers and say yeah. oh look what they're doing this is wrong. not working out it must be their problem yeah and very quick to blame god i know that yeah. for myself just looking out for automatic resentment you know it, you know with the loss of our first two pregnancies those babies you know like yeah. that was my biggest struggle it's just you know resenting god and yep. wanting things to be different and having such a hard time accepting his will and it is one of those those times that I can look back and see that mountain he was moving, what he did for my husband and I through those times and the beautiful family that we have now. And we're so grateful for the way that everything happened. Um, yeah. But thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank and you. We know you have, I mean, all of us sitting here have heard many, many crazy miracle stories from <laughs> Father Michael, from, you know, the Siberian... Uh, well where you were freezing yeah. in the winter and then yeah. found yourself dry and healed yeah, yeah. you know all these <laughs> just some teasers we're going to throw out there but um yeah so you'll definitely be hearing more from father michael and um as we close up this episode we'd like to dive into how we're going to be ending our episodes from this point forward we're just each going to talk about a mini miracle that's happened in our own lives this week so i'll just start off with mine yesterday my husband got to come to one of my prenatal visits me, with me for the first time this pregnancy, and we got to hear our, our daughter's heartbeat together. Wow. And um, every time that happens, I just cry because mm -hmm. it's, you know, first of all, losing your first two pregnancies. Now, when I'm pregnant, I'm always wondering, is my baby alive? Mm -hmm. And so it's just such a miracle 
to know there's another human being inside of me and there's a heart beating inside of me and you know she's she's doing okay she's in there so that was my miracle this week awesome yeah um mine would have to be potty training victory (laughs) (laughs) go Paige we uh I started potty training Santi he just he's uh 25 months um Started, started potty training him on Monday. It is now Thursday, and he's basically initiating it the entire way. He's like, oh, peep, poop, like, <laughs> runs to our little potty that we have, pulls his pants down, no. and just goes. And, and then he stands up and says, yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is definitely a miracle. <laughs> Lord, please send us a miracle when we potty train my <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's just very, like, the first day we had, like, three poops on the ground, lots of pee on the ground. So I was like, what are we doing? Sounds like Father Michael's dog was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So huge victory and miracle with uh, the potty training this week. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What about you? Mine's very simple and small. I have. I'll share them both. I told the girls I had to. (laughs) I'll just share them both. Um, Mine are very, very kind of small and simple, but God answered. So on Saturday, I was making a quiche for um, some of the adult leaders for my high school youth group. We were going to have a meeting Sunday, and I'm just you know breaking the eggs and always look: is there an eggshell? Is there an eggshell? And so I didn't see any eggshells. I was like, great. And then I started to pour, I had to pour milk in. And all of a sudden I see this shell. (laughs) No. And then I pour the milk in and I can't see anything. And I was like, okay, God, I just need you to help me find the shell. I don't want to serve a quiche with eggshell in it. And so I was like, okay, how can I find it? I just went and got a spatula and I just scraped it along the bottom until I found it. I was like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So it's so, it's so funny and so simple, but he answered the prayer. Um, And then just last night I we're recording in the afternoon and I was like, well, I need to get to work early. And so I said, Lord, will you please wake me up early? And he woke me up at 4.55 AM. I was awake and I got my day started and I was able to exercise and, and pray this morning. And it just, it's made today wonderful. And now we're sitting here with you all. And yeah, so those are my two mini miracles. Father, I got, well, I got one. It was oh, really good. happened yesterday. It was really kind of cool. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm trying to think about going back to Russia if they let me. My, my spiritual director says the KGB or the sacred police are my discerning uh, spiritual <laughs> brothers because either they let me in or not. So they're, they don't know that they're, they're the will of God right now. Well, that's hopeful for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so I, in, in order true. to go back, I, my Russian is pretty uh, rusty right now. So I was praying. I, I was like, I really need a Russian teacher to get my Russian back. And uh, on Wednesdays, I go and try and work at the food bank for a few hours. Uh, mainly there's the Russians there and stuff, but mainly just carry the food for folks. Well, the first person that came to the food bank that day was a Russian teacher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so now we're connected. <laughs> so I have a Russian teacher that I was looking, I praying it. for the day before. So it. God kind of <laughs> He's kind of crazy that way. Sometimes he's yeah, just pretty, perfect. pretty wow. clear answer. Yeah. yeah, pretty clear answer. Someone to help, you know, brush up my Russian. Here's a Russian teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he That's never awesome. does. You know, it's he never does things small. Like he does small things, but. Um, to us, it's not necessarily small. You know, that's yeah. the beauty of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Father, we're going to close out, but we would love it if you would close us in a prayer. Sure. And I, I just ask people, let me make sure that, that as we talk about miracles, you know, Jesus would say after his miracles, don't tell anybody. 
because he would be afraid that people would be addicted to miracles. Mm. That they would find that that's the only way they could believe. And so he was very clear. His miracles were a sign that he's God and that it's a sign that he has control of nature, he has control of the winds and the weather and, mm-hmm. and hearts and, and uh, it, it, the invalids that would come to him. He was healed. He was the divine physician. But he was very clear, clear that miracles are not finally the way to faith. I just want to say that, that I just want to tell that miracles should in educate our faith, but if we rely on miracles, mm-hmm. our faith will collapse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just one thing going off of that is like something I reflect on all the time is what Jesus said to St. Thomas and like, blessed are those who have not seen yet still believe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to be clear about that as much as I, and I am just... God blesses me in so many ways, in so many amazing ways. My life is awesome, but I can't live there. Mm-hmm. I've got to live and trust in God in wherever I am. And so I just pray that for people today. And mm-hmm. they may be, people may be praying for miracles, and they should pray for miracles, but trust God. Mm-hmm. He'll lead you in the right place. Amen. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord God, we just thank you for the gift that you are the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Redeemer of our hearts and souls. We thank you for those who are listening. We thank you for this moment where we really see the awesomeness of ourselves. We are walking miracles. You created us in your image. We're sons and daughters of the Father. And please help us to trust that, to live on that foundation. Whatever anybody has said to us or spoken other words, that we can just believe that we're your son and we're your daughter. And let that be our true identity. And that miracles that we need of healing and hope that would give you the glory, that's what we pray for. And for all of this and every way that people could be touched by these words, we just come Holy Spirit and fill their hearts and kindle them the fire of your love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray for us. Thank you so much for being with us, Father. You're welcome. Can't wait to have you on again. Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.